0: Welcome back to the Practically Prepared Podcast. I'm Tyra Baird and I will be your host and guide on your preparedness journey from wherever you are now on that road to the peace of mind at the end. I look forward to getting to know you better and spending this time with you on a regular basis. So let's keep learning and growing together. Hello, friends. On today's podcast, we're going to have a conversation that I've been really looking forward to having with you guys and have felt really strongly I needed to have this conversation with you guys really soon. Um, It's based off of a talk that I was asked to give in church several years ago. Um, I I served on the emergency preparedness committee at our church because they knew I I already taught and blogged about it and wrote about it. And so, of course, naturally, they picked me to be on that committee and... We were really struggling to help people have a desire to be prepared. And so they asked me to give a talk in, in church. I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so we don't have a normal pastor who gives our sermons every every week. We kind of get called on and get ta- take turns to, to teach each other. And it can be exciting and nerve-wracking and scary. Um, I personally really enjoy public speaking, which is probably why I enjoy doing this podcast. Um, While that being said, I do belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So this is coming from an LDS perspective, but we believe in Jesus Christ. We do believe that he's going to come again. And so if you're of a different faith, I still encourage you to give give it a try. Give it a listen. There may be things that are very applicable to you uh, and hopefully paradigm shifting perspective on what preparedness is really about um, it is not a normal take on preparedness it's a little bit of the the why mixed with a little bit of the what but from a spiritual perspective that is what really drives me and I hope that that paradigm shift will help you have a different feeling and hopefully a love for being prepared because it will come from a different place not fear but one of faith and that's really the best motivating factor faith and love um so while we may not be the same faith same religion i think i think we have mutual things to bring to the conversation if you're not religious at all it might be interesting to you i don't know um i won't be offended if you decide this just isn't an episode for you but i always encourage people to give give something new a listen give it something a try so i'm really like i said excited to have this conversation with you one that i felt very strongly i needed to share And I'm excited to have that with you. I will warn you, there's a little bit of highway noise behind me in the car. Because as a busy mom of seven kids, the only place I can find that's quiet enough to do this is in my car. And I happen to be at my daughter's horseback riding lessons. And so it's just not cool enough outside for me to safely sit in my car with the windows rolled up. So I apologize for a little bit of the background noise. I'm hoping it's not too bad. I've got them rolled up as much as I can possibly get them. But like I said, I really wanted to have this conversation. I didn't want to put it off any longer. I invite you to consider this not just an introduction to preparedness, but a time for personal evaluation. So again, I'm going to ask you to take some time, think about it. I'm not asking you to pull out the stuff we did last time on the podcast where we wrote down all of the what's. This is a different kind of what. So... blank sheet of paper and write down what the spirit whispers to your heart and mind. I firmly believe spirits invested in our safety and our well-being mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally and so the Lord will whisper things to your heart and mind and I know that he knows what you need to be preparing for way better than science way better than anyone else and he knows the specific preparations you need to make for your family and they will be different for each family and each person in your family and for each person in this whole world. So he is really the best guide. And I hope, if anything, that this leads you towards him and him being your guide, not not just me telling you what you need and what you need to do. The more I've studied and taught and mentored on preparedness, there have been a few significant things I have learned regarding preparedness. First, and we've talked about this before, You can't prepare for everything. Murphy's Law. You just can't expect it. Um, Second, of all the preparations you need to make, the greatest preparation but also the least observed is that of faith. And third, all he asks of us is that we do our best with what we have, which happens to be what he has given us. He provided an atonement because it wasn't possible for us to do it all. He asks us to do our best, and the atonement will cover the rest. Have faith in the atonement for both your spiritual, but also your temporal preparations. So, remember, he is the one who blesses us with our resources. He is the one who blesses us with our income. He is the one who blesses us with our our very breath. And so, we have to trust him. Trust his plan, whether that's the trials, the triumphs, what he puts in our path, what he gives us the means to prepare for and that's really the best preparation we can have is faith and trust in our heavenly father. So we're going to go through the who and the why and the what and the how all over again, but we're going to do so from this perspective. So why are we supposed to be prepared? Now usually when we hear about preparedness, we all immediately think about earthquakes and disasters. And some of you are probably feeling a bit of panic and fear thinking of what all of those possibilities are, which we explored in depth. So you might still be wrestling with that what-if list that we made last week, or last, I guess it's about two weeks now. Some of you may be doing a mental review of what you've already prepared for, or maybe you're thinking about the things that you still need to get and get prepared for. And some of you may just honestly... Kinda be just giving me a shot, but you're pretty skeptical because it's really all just too scary to think about. So, as members of the church, and really as members in Christ's church, no matter what faith that may be, um, as Christians, we view we should be viewing getting prepared not only as a temporal commandment, but as a commandment. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sharing from the Doctrine and Covenants, which is a strictly set set of scripture that's really just with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, But I'm sure that there are applicable scriptures in the Bible as well. Doctrine and Covenants section 29 verse 35 says, Behold, I gave unto him that he should be an agent unto himself, and I gave unto him a commandment, him being us, by the way. Um, But no temporal commandment gave I unto him, for my commandments are spiritual. They are not natural nor temporal, neither carnal nor sensual. So the next verse talks about a third of the host of heaven falling away. Now, usually we tend to think of things being physical or spiritual, but they're really both. We are both. We have a physical body and we have a spiritual body. We are both. All things are both. And the things he asks us to do physically affect our spirituality just like he asks us to take care of our body, and that helps us to be more in tune with his spirit when we aren't dealing with illness or exhaustion or any of those other things that come from not taking care of our physical selves. it also we're also free temporally when we follow his commandments of financial and temporal care of our of our homes and our belongings and our finances because we aren't dealing with the extra stress that comes from emergencies and things falling apart or not working out and not being able to have our needs met Um, if you want to look at science there's maslow's hierarchy of needs um there's all sorts of things that that really reaffirm that the lord did not mean us for us to be strictly temporal or strictly spiritual but we are human beings that should be we're spiritual beings having a human experience and not human beings having a spiritual experience but it's interesting that he he then talks about third of the host of heaven falling away, and we know that that Satan has many followers. But I think it's interesting that for for Latter Day Saints particularly, we it's been a very vocal commandment from our leaders to become prepared. But I would say it's probably a third of the church or less that have actually heeded that counsel and commandment with temporal aspects like tithing and the Word of Wisdom, and and that our Commandment to be prepared financially and temporally and in for emergencies is just as important. The truth of preparedness is really what what is otherwise known as provident living and self reliance. They're really one and the same thing. but it's really a spiritual commandment with temporal aspects like tithing and the word of wisdom, and it deserves the same consideration. Um, most of us are are really really good at following the word of wisdom. And and paying our tithing, but we're we kind of struggle with understanding the why and the importance of how that that commandment to be prepared really plays into our spirituality. Preparedness is about having a uh, testimony and conversion. Self-reliance, provident living, preparedness are all the same gospel principle. Just as one needs a testimony of tithing or the word of wisdom or eternal families, the atonement, the scriptures the Sabbath day, any of those commandments, we, in the, particularly in the last days before he, before his son comes, need to have a testimony of preparedness and really become more fully converted to that principle. So what are we preparing for? Like I just listed, the first thoughts most people have are disasters, man-made and natural. Preparedness is much greater than that. Pretty much every preparation we have been asked to make prepares us for any unexpected event and eventuality that life can throw at us. Unemployment, illness, breakdowns, injury, bills, etc. However, it's not just about our physical survival. If you're a missionary in a third world country, how easy is it to teach someone of the principles of the gospel if they're hungry or sick or cold or hot or homeless or destitute? And just think about our kids in school. You know, if you've got a kid who hasn't eaten breakfast or doesn't even know when his next meal is coming in or doesn't feel like it's safe at home, how successful is that kid going to be in school? How how much growth are they going to be able to have? So when we choose not to take the abundance from our time when we are greatly blessed and, and set some aside for later so that when things are lean, or when emergencies happen, then we're putting ourselves in that same situation where it's going to be a little harder for us to learn what the Lord wants to teach us. And Joseph in Egypt is a perfect example of that principle and action. You know, he, he really helped. You know, was his family who were starving and hungry really able to receive the guidance and strength that they needed? But we look at Joseph, and he had—he was in tune. He followed that commandment to be prepared when the Lord told him to be prepared, and he did it with exactness, and he was greatly blessed. And 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 so were generations of people after him. So we can take a book, a, a page from his book. Um, it's hard to think of spiritual things when those physical and emotional and mental needs are unmet. That's why pretty much every church has a humanitarian mission or takes part in humanitarian projects. Now, I want you to think of the last time you were dealing with a crisis in your family, your life, or finances. I want you to ask yourself, how hard was it to focus on the spiritual while you were in need? Now, I I really struggle with this because with seven kids and my husband being in the military, and I I can't say I'm always in the best mental health, as any mother with seven children would probably say, it really is very, very difficult to be in a place where I can take care of my spiritual needs and be able to function at the same time. In fact, I would say usually my hardest time spiritually are at the same time as the times when it's the hardest to meet my physical or my temporal or my mental or emotional needs. Um, case in point, <laughs> this last week, or you know, has been a real struggle. I'm, you know, was really getting worried about how to do homeschool with four of my kids while having two of them take classes, their electives out of physical school And having three other kids that were physically in school. And having a toddler. And going back into the full swing of soccer games and cross country and volleyball. And all of the other things we have going on. And was feeling very panicky and overwhelmed. Like how am I going to do all of these things? And so as life is really great at doing this. And I'm reminded that the Lord is really great at at helping us at these things. Learn these things. My husband got called up to do COVID duty at the hospital and I'm thinking oh my gosh it's hard enough that he's away for work so much but to have him now potentially gone for most of the fall is scary and I was really struggling but then I also remembered that the Lord the Lord has a great deal in store for me I'm not alone. He wants me to be successful. He wants my kids to be successful. And he's got a reason for this. And as I pondered this overwhelm that I was experiencing and trying to keep it from becoming one of those things that kept me from being able to feel the spirit and focus on spiritual things and really wrestling with trying to take it the other direction. The Lord is constantly teaching me this lesson of how to have the right balance to to mainly really just learn to trust him, to turn to him when those things seem like they're out of my control and that I can't do them on my own. He's really trying to help me develop the trust. And that's really what it all boils down to. The da- disasters aren't really what we're actually preparing for. Where He's preparing us to trust him. He's really preparing us for a bigger picture, which is... He's preparing us for him. We are living in the last days before the Savior's coming. I know we're not the only ones who believe this. I've listened to some amazing uh, YouTube videos by other Christian believers that have great testimonies of the signs of the times and the other things that they're testifying that we're, we're close. He's coming and we need to be getting prepared. But we all have read Matthew and we know what's in there, and that he says in the scriptures will come, and a lot of them are disastrous and kind of scary. If you read Revelations, um, but really those those last days before the Christ before Christ comes, and when he comes are really going to be absolutely glorious. And here's the thing: temporal preparedness serves two purposes. One, he wants us to be prepared for those disasters, so we can be there so we can survive those disasters um and what whatever might be coming that the scriptures prophesy of so that we can see him come in his glory and two that we are spiritually prepared because that's the most important thing spiritually prepared to receive him in all of his glory and enter into his kingdom which isn't that the greatest treasure of all So if the storms of life that affect our livelihood and our prosperity and comfort and stability are what destroys our testimonies, then what will all of the preparedness really be about if we are spiritually unprepared to meet him? But on the flip side, if we have made every possible preparation and have survived the disasters and calamities, but have neglected the spiritual preparations, then what good is it? But if we... We haven't made the temporal preparations to be able to make it through the storms and the trials that we know are coming. And we haven't followed that commandment. Then we're not going to be there either. Well, we will be spiritually if we don't make it through the disasters. But really, that physical opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord when he comes is is one he ultimately wants for us. Just like any parent would want their child to be there when they come home after a long absence. Something we've experienced firsthand as military families. There's no greater feeling than a military homecoming. Nothing. It makes everything else almost worth it. (laughs) And I can't imagine how the Savior's coming would be any less exciting. If anything, it would be way more exciting. You know... It's just as exciting when it's a surprise. We surprised my kids both times when my husband came home from deployment. And they had no idea it was coming. And the anticipation and excitement and their reaction was just wonderful. And we can think of this the same way. Not that it's a military homecoming. Um, Although, you know, there are prophecies that it will be, (laughs) like, kind of militaristic in some ways. But we don't really know exactly what it's going to be like. I think the overall feeling is... It's going to be an exciting thing. And if we only focus on the disasters and things that are potentially hazardous that will happen in that path, we miss we miss the joy at the end of that journey. So how do we get there? How do we get to the preparedness he asks of us? So when when i was working at preparednessmama.com me and and shelly the gal that i started it with we would get asked a lot where do i start that's and our advice was make a plan then practice the plan then after that you look at food you look at water you look at household goods after these come the heavier topics of preparedness and we're going to we're going to cover all of those but aside from the emergency preparedness we as Christians, as members of the church, as as hopeful members of his kingdom, have been counseled regarding our finances, education, health, and wellness. In spiritual preparedness, the gospel gives us a, a wonderful plan. You know, it is the typical answers. Pray, study your scriptures. Uh, for members of the church, follow and go to the temple, follow the counsel of the prophets. I think for everyone, Sabbath observance. Is a, is a great tool of, well, health, wellness, and, and spiritual growth, but all of these things are, are very easy to do. They can be hard to put into our life, though, sometimes, I will admit, but these are the things that make a spiritual foundation for our temporal and our eternal preparations, These are the preparations that enable you to live by the spirit and receive the guidance you need to navigate through the calamities and the emergencies and and storms and events of life, but also specifically of the last days that we live in. In your temporal preparations, have you followed, if you're LDS, followed the prophet as well as you have in your spiritual preparations? Have you followed the council that family home evening and to go to the temple and to study and, and pray daily. And I know currently as an LDS member of the church, our, our prophet, President Nelson has, has issued numerous challenges for further study and further prayer um, to help create a more in-depth growth experience for us as members of the church. Those, all of those preparations have a purpose. But are you doing them? If you haven't, are are you really following the prophet as well as you, you believe you have? What could you be missing out? What blessings could you be missing out on? And what protection could you be negating or neglecting by not following this counsel or not following the Savior's admonition to feast upon his word, to turn to him and pray over everything, to come unto him because that's really all of these things are just different ways to come unto him make time for him in your day develop a relationship with him develop trust in him make him a priority in your life prepare yourself and to most importantly become like him because that's the ultimate goal that he has for us so who are we preparing well usually when we think of preparedness we think of our families But um, there's definitely an order in what he's asking for us to do, particularly this spiritual part, but also temporally. It kind of applies both ways. So, first, he asks us to help ourselves, to take care of ourselves. Um, He knows the old airplane analogy the oxygen mask drops from the ceiling. Who's the first one you put it on? It's yourself. As a parent that's done multiple deployments and single parenting, I can tell you I've learned the hard way that I have to be the one wearing the oxygen mask. I have to make me a priority. And I have to make Heavenly Father a priority for me. I can take care of myself and I'll make it through okay. But when I make it a priority to invite Him into that and our relationship, my relationship with Heavenly Father a priority... That is a whole nother level. I can do way more. I can accomplish way more. I'm way healthier, happier, things function better than they do when I just go, I'm just going to take care of me for a little bit. Um, I'm not very good at doing it. I'm more likely to learn the opposite end of burnout and struggle um, because I'm stubborn. (laughs) But the first person we are supposed to prepare, the first person we are supposed to convert is really ourselves. Next is our families. The Lord intended of us to be in families. He intends us to return as a family. And that's why the family is central to his entire plan. Um, After our families, we are to prepare our neighbors and our community. That's why every faith has missionaries and does missionary work is because they understand it's not just about us. But again, we have to start with ourselves. Now, the same thing applies to those temporal matters. He expects us to take care of ourselves and to work on getting prepared for ourselves and our families first, and then to, to do what we can to prepare and help and support our neighbors and our communities. Um, in our own preparations as a family, we consciously think of, okay, what, what, can, we, what can we add what can we share that will help our neighbors? What can we do that will support our neighbors? What if this happens and our neighbors need our help? Are we prepared to do that? Um, now, that does not mean he expects each of us to be have a year's supply of food and 72-hour kits for our neighbors. But he definitely doesn't want us to be in the situation of the Good Samaritan where we're the first two that walk by those in need. The Samaritan was prepared. He was prepared to stop spiritually and emotionally, but he was also prepared temporally and physically to be able to give the care necessary to that man. So which one are we? He wants us to develop the capacity to be able to be the one who is prepared enough that we can do something for our neighbors. Notice the good Samaritan didn't stay at the hotel, cater to the guy's every need, and wait until he was completely 100% whole. He did what he could and then he moved on. And the Lord asks us to do what we can to serve others. Um but that requires us being prepared and pre- to be able to to do that. Um, and if you're a member of the church, you've also made and you've gone to the temple, you've made a, a covenant to live the law of consecration and to to serve and to give your time and your energy and your means to help others. Um, being able to to live that law is part of being fully convert, converted to the gospel. And being prepared to give and receive temporally and spiritually is just as important. Um, there's so many places in the scriptures where the Lord asks us to serve. I love the scriptures. Um, I think they're in, in Luke where he says, you know, you, you did this and you you fed me and you... You gave me water when I was thirsty and you visited me while I was, in, I was sick and while I was afflicted. And you came to me while I was in, in jail. And the people say, wait a minute, you, you weren't, we never came to you in those situations. And he said, yes, because if you've done it unto one person, you've done it unto me. And, you know, he asked us to serve others and he asked us to serve them, him, but they're, it's one and the same. We can't serve others without serving Him. And we can't serve Him without serving others. So who are we preparing? Preparing ourselves. And then we're preparing ourselves to serve others. And we're helping others so that they can also serve us and to serve other people. And ultimately all of us are serving and coming closer to our Heavenly Father and the Savior. So where are we preparing? Preparedness isn't a one-time assignment. It is a lifelong mission and is an aspect of provident living and self-reliant that requires ongoing evaluation of our own personal level of preparedness. It's a lifestyle. Just like we should be evaluating ourselves every Sabbath before we take a sa- the sacrament, we should be looking at our spiritual preparations to live the gospel and take his name upon us. We should be preparing in our homes with scripture study and as a family and individually Uh, having family devotionals, having family prayer and family councils, including our children in those temporal preparations and developing the skills and abilities and mindset that comes with Provident Living so that then we are all extending ourselves and growing ourselves so that we are prepared to serve. But we should also be extending ourselves into our communities, which... At this point, after spending a year and a half in, like, forced segregation in many ways, um, we need each other. If it's not more evident than it has been in the last little while, we really need each other. Um, and again, my my theory of social preparedness um, from episode, I believe it was episode two, it's so true. We need each other. We need fellowship. We need missionary work. We need people who can support us and share knowledge and skills. We need to be able to help our neighbors and our communities to not just become better people and better communities, but also more prepared and more spiritually prepared as communities and neighbors. Um, spiritual preparedness and social preparedness, they're they are pretty linked Um You know, like I said, the Savior came because the Lord knew we couldn't do everything on our own. He put us in communities and families because He knew we couldn't do everything on our own. The same principle. We need to be interdependent. We need to depend on the Lord, and He needs to be able to depend on us. We need to be able to depend on our neighbors and our support system and our families, and they need to be able to depend on us because we need to be able to work together. Now, the scriptures say, if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. It's not about temporal preparation. It's all about spiritual preparation. Faith is trusting in God to provide and trusting ourselves. We gave our best. I love the story of the widow of Zarephath in the Old Testament. Is that not this principle in action? Did she do everything she could to be prepared for this massive drought? Yes. I think it's interesting that it's telling really that that far into the drought she was still going as a widow with no income, no help, no support as a as a woman in the Old Testament. That says something about her her preparedness and her being prepared. But more importantly, when a stranger comes and asks for for help with a meal and it's their last meal and she has the faith to feed the prophet of God first before herself and her boy even though there's really nothing left what, what, what amazing faith what level of preparedness was she really at was it really just temporal or was she amazingly prepared spiritually especially when we think of the fact that she wasn't even an Israelite he couldn't find that great of faith within his own people so, to me, whenever I'm struggling with something, whenever I think, oh, there's so much more I need to be able to do, and I don't feel like I have the resources, that that story always comes to mind and it whispers to my heart. He just asks you to do the best that you can do with what he's given you. Do you trust him? You know, and the and the more I trust him, the more I feel he gives me, spiritually and temporally, to be prepared and to do other things and and the greater the sources of support and connection that I find in my life socially as well so what I want to challenge you with is to ask yourselves both individually and as as families have I done my best have we done our best is there more that I can do and what more more what does more what does it mean for you more does not mean everything recommended but what is within your ability and your resources to do um, this is where conversion comes in can you trust the Lord to, to fill the gap or are you driven to try and overextend yourself either financially or temporally or or have you just given up Thinking there's no way he can fill that gap. There's no way I can fill that gap. So why bother trying? Whether that's spiritual, temporal, emotional or mental. He's there. And he can fill the gap. And he just asks you to, to keep trying. Um, so he asks us to become more fully converted. That's really the greatest preparation we can make. I hope that... You have a pretty good list of promptings from the spirit at this point. Um, some of them, all of them, may not even have anything to do with preparedness in the normal sense of things. But I hope that through this conversation, the this the panic and the fear and the just the sheer daunting difficulty of being becoming prepared has shifted. Um, you are not, at, I'm not the first to be asked to do hard or scary things. Um, and I, as a member of the church, we believe in the, the Book of Mormon. We read the Book of Mormon along with the Bible. And um, there's a prophet in there. His name is Nephi. And I love his story and his testimony as he goes. And he he does amazingly difficult things that the Lord asks him to do. And sometimes he doesn't know how he's going to do it. He knows what the Lord has asked, but from here to there, it, it doesn't make sense how he's going to do that with the resources and the knowledge he has or the, the people he has to work with. And he shares a scripture, or he, there's a scripture in that book. It's First Nephi 3, 7, and he says, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. So I challenge you, whatever gap you feel you can't face and can't make, he can fill it. So thank you for joining me for this conversation. And I hope that this was paradigm shifting and uplifting for you as it was for me. I need this reminder as well. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining the conversation this week and joining me on the preparedness journey. Remember, doing something is better than nothing. I look forward to chatting with you all next week on the Practically Prepared podcast. Make today a great day.